0: Get ready to explore faith, doubt, and all that's in between. Welcome to Doubting It with Charlotte Pence-Bond.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Doubting It podcast with me, Charlotte Pence-Bond. I'm really excited for our conversation today. I know I say that every time, but (laughs) this is really great. Um, I got to interview Max Licato who um, a lot of us might know, you might be familiar with his books. He's a very successful published author, kind of constantly writing books as we talk about today. He was named America's Pastor by Christianity Today in 2005. And he was a pastor at a church for many, many years. um, As we talk about also today on the show, he took a a lower role or lesser role in the uh, last last couple of years or so. But he's always been Um, He's been preaching for a long time. He's been writing for a long time. Um, He's written lots of different books. He's written some amazing children's books as well. I think one of my favorite books by him is You Are Special. And honestly, it's a picture book for kids. If you've not read it, you need to just go buy it right now because it's great for adults too. It's maybe one of my favorite books actually ever. And we talk about that on the show as well. And it's really, this is a special time. I'm recording this on November 10th into Two thousand and twenty, and of course, very in very two thousand twenty style, the election, presidential election, has been kind of intense. And so, I think that this was just this was a good thing for me to do on my own, even just to talk to Max Licato about some of these things that are going on in our culture, um, some of the ways that we can impact the culture for the better. To talk about, you know, our faith in in a way that will help people during this time. And to also humble myself before God and to be praying. I think that I originally wanted to do this podcast with him um weeks ago. I thought of him because of I wanted to do a podcast on prayer and and how doubt pl- plays into prayer or how we can kind of combat our doubts with prayer. And he came to mind honestly a friend was talking to me as I tell him about him. And and I thought he would be perfect. And I'd met him before. I had the honor of meeting him before. And so it was just wonderful to be able to chat with him again in light of everything that's going on now. So many Christians around the country are praying right now for our country. And and I think that's a very powerful and important thing to do. And But it's it's also important to be humbling ourselves before God and to accept his his will and to know that he knows what's best no matter what even that when it can seem confusing or we don't really know what he's doing i I know that that's that's true for a lot of us maybe right now and so uh, i just want to encourage you to continue to pray if you are praying and if you're not praying to start (laughs) because this is something that we are called to do as believers and i do think that it can can combat doubts Because it, it puts us in a position where we are talking to God honestly, and we're telling him our true feelings about things. And we're also telling him what we want. And and that's okay. That's okay to do. But we also have to acknowledge that he ultimately knows what's best for us. Um, So without further ado, let's go into the interview. Well, welcome to Max Licato for joining us today. Um, This is really great. Thank you for uh, coming on the show.
2: It's a treat to talk to you. It certainly is. I hope you're doing all right. Uh, I know it's a crazy, crazy time, especially for you. Uh, May the Lord give you strength and comfort in this season of turmoil.
1: Thank you. Yeah, we are recording this right November 10th, which is right after... The week of the election, which is still kind of ongoing. And so um, we are uh, kind of in it, but it's it's great to talk to you. And I, I think people will be encouraged by our conversation today. And I know I, I certainly will as well.
2: So I hope so. This is I great. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I want to start out first asking you just what your personal testimony is. A lot of people know, you know, your background and all of all the things that you've done. But I, I would love to hear your testimony, how you came to know Christ?
2: Well, I love being a Christian. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I have certainly tried plan B, and I didn't like that. I love the idea of uh, knowing that the best thing that can happen to me is to die. I like that thought. Yeah. Uh, I, I I love the idea that I'm uh, saved, not by what I do, but by what Christ has done for me, which is has been a life changer for me. Mm-hmm. uh i love the thought that uh that nobody can take away not even i can take away what christ has done for me uh it's a gift uh, everything about the the christian faith is, is just a delight to me it's not always easy uh but it but it's a delight it really is and and mm-hmm. i honestly love jesus i do and i just cannot wait to see him i just mm-hmm. I, sometimes when i'm praying i say lord i just i, I want to look at you I want to look at you. So, it, it's a it's a deep personal relationship with me. And, and I, I've I began uh, my walk with Christ as a, as a youngster. Uh, I grew up in West Texas, and uh, my dad uh, was a uh, first generation uh, Christian. Uh, he he became a Christian in the oil fields of. West Texas. He was a mechanic out in the oil field. And so he raised us to go to church. And And I did, I became a Christian at the age of 10, but by the age of 16, 17, 18, 19, you couldn't differentiate me between anybody else. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I always say that you would not want your teenage daughter to go out with a teenage version of, of Max Locato. Mm-hmm. I was a mess. I was, a, I mean, really a mess. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, a friend in, convinced me in college. To try going to church with him, I did, and the preacher talked about forgiveness and God's grace, and that we can never out-sin God's love, and that's what I needed to hear. My heart was softened, so uh, I uh, I put my hat in the ring, and uh, I had to had to change groups. Uh, I was in a uh, I ran around with some you know we were six pack a night kind of guys, and mm-hmm. uh, and so I just had to change groups. And uh, I found some friends that were all preparing to be missionaries. Uh, and, and, and so I buddied up with them. And next thing I knew, I was in seminary myself and uh, preparing to be a missionary. Ended up in Brazil for, for my first uh, ministry post. Uh, my wife and I moved there in 1983 and stayed there until 1988. And then I had an opportunity to become a pastor of a church in San Antonio, Texas, I'm sixty, almost sixty-six now. I moved here when I was thirty-three, and uh, I've been here ever since. I I semi-retired about a year and a half ago. I still preach about twenty weekends a year, but but I don't head up the staff or create the budgets anymore. And uh, but I still write books. I, I I love to write, and I've written a bunch of books through the years. But you know, and in, in the in the end, it, I'm just an old converted drunk. That that's really all I am and I'm thankful.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. You know, yeah, I wanted to ask you about being a pastor and your experience with that, because that I know is a very demanding job. I mean, it's a service job. I know that it, it takes a lot. It takes a lot to be able to do it. Where, where did you kind of find that, that strength? I mean, when people are coming to you with their problems and also putting you at this, you know, status in their mind, that's, it's very high um for some people um that are really, you know, attached to a church or a pastor that maybe leads them to christ. how do you how do you kind of balance that?
2: What a great question. Mm-hmm. It is really a unique uh, unique role. A man who really influenced me, who was actually the one who preached that sermon about, god's grace uh we can never out god's love i've stayed in touch with him all these years and early on i told him i was thinking about seminary and he he said he said don't be a pastor unless you have to Mm. you know and that i think that was his way of saying if you have to you know if it's a call on your heart if you really feel a call but if it's just one of several options don't get into it because it is a unique and kind of a demanding role. Uh, I think the challenge of being a pastor is that uh, people have such different expectations of their pastor. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, some people expect their pastor to be a political spokesman. Some people Mm -hmm. expect their pastor to uh, to be a phenomenal organizer. Uh, some people expect their pastor to be a great fundraiser. Some people expect their pastor to be a ever-available counselor uh, on-call 24 hours a day. And so it, it's, it's a challenging job because the job description is non-existent. I mean, there's nobody who's ever said, okay, here's what a pastor does. And so you got to really learn to work with the church and create a, a sense of expectations. And you do that after... At least in my experience, finding out what you do well, and then uh, sitting down with the leadership of the church and saying, "Okay, this part I'm not that great at. We can staff up for that. Count on me for this," mm-hmm. uh, and and so I, and of course, I think that's true for all of us. It, it's it do the best what you do the most is a wise wise saying, or do the most what you do the best. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. and, and and so uh, uh, that's been the survival technique for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, I really love to preach. I really love to write. I really hate budgets. I really hate managing a team. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I you know, at some point I realized I'm not super human, so it's best for me to focus on what I do. And then, the, then the final thing I've seen so many, uh, people come down because they start believing they are who people say They are, you know, pastors who really start believing they are a spiritual—I don't uh, know—level above other folks. Uh, That's toxic. That's toxic. That'll that'll bring a man or woman down. Uh, And so, uh, humility in the pulpit is is uh, is a virtue. Yeah, yeah,
1: and I'm sure really hard to actively keep doing. um every day. But uh, I have an advantage because
2: I'm such a great sinner. I have a (laughs) (laughs) That's great.
1: Um yeah, you know, I I also I wanted to ask you, my friend recently reached out to me and mentioned your before Amen book. And that was really um what what kind of propelled me to kind of think about reaching out and having on the show, even though it's not, you know, necessarily really new. Um, but I think I was starting to think about, you know, what are good books for prayer? And I think prayer is, is a tricky thing as well. And I think that I wanted to ask you kind of your perspective on prayer. And I, you know, I know right now as we're recording this, I mean, I'm getting, you know, updates from people constantly that are praying for our country and it's great. And they really actively are doing it so fervently, but I, I want, to know what do you think our role in prayer is? What do you think prayer is for? You know, for lack of a better uh, a yeah. better way of putting it.
2: Well, thanks for bringing up that book before Amen. Uh, I really wrote that book for people who don't like to pray, mm-hmm. uh, and in fact, I, I, all my books I I try to write books for people who don't like to read books, and 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 for people who struggle with prayer. I thought, okay, wh- mm-hmm. where where is the entry? entry way into this into this discussion jesus said always pray and never lose hope i love mm-hmm. that phrase in the gospel of luke he just said always pray and never lose hope as if prayer prayer invites us to 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 know that someone greater than we are is helping us to face these problems um, mm-hmm. Just this morning, I, I was I go to a workout class and I ran into one of uh, the members of our church and uh, I hadn't talked to her in a while. Just a delightful mother of five. And she's mm-hmm. a mother of five because they just adopted two more in mm-hmm. the last two weeks. And bless her heart. She just looked exhausted. Yeah, Just absolutely exhausted. And. Uh, and just as as God would have it, last uh, Sunday, the Sunday before you and I are having this conversation, uh, I preached on the topic of, of our God is the God of great turnarounds. We looked in the story of Esther in the Old Testament, how it looked like the whole nation of the Jews was going to be obliterated, uh, but then God stepped in, and from one moment to the next... And and the big point, one moment to the next, the people were saved. And I, the big point for me in the sermon was what Esther did. Esther set apart three days for fasting, three days of fasting. And implied in that is prayer. That, that she just prayed for three days. Uh, now, not many of us would pray for three days, but maybe we should. Mm-hmm. But what turned things around uh, for her and what gave this dear mother hope as she told me this morning is the fact that I may not know how to raise these two, uh, children that we've adopted, you know, cause they're not being very respectful. The house is a turmoil. She said, but what you told me is I can always pray. And, mm-hmm. and, and, the, and, that scripture came to my mind. Jesus said, yeah, always pray and never lose hope. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't think we need to make a big deal about how to pray uh, the language of prayer, the the posture of prayer, find something that works for you, but just keep praying and don't lose hope.
1: Yeah, that's so true. And I think, you know, a lot of times, I don't know, people, I think, I've, at least for me, I always feel better praying just because I think it's hard for me to pray and be dishonest. I mean, if I'm praying, I'm usually being honest. I can't be praying and kind of you know, pretend that I'm Mm -hmm. happy with something or okay with something that I'm not. I mean, I can really, you know, talk to God in a real way and it Mm -hmm. makes him more real to me, I guess, or at least Mm -hmm. makes um, the relationship closer.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You know, I I think people sometimes don't cultivate a life of prayer. Tell me what you think about this, Uh, because Mm -hmm. they're intimidated by it. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're just intimidated. What if I pray the wrong way? What if I say the wrong thing? And uh, I, I remember in that book, I, I, I used the phrase, it's impossible. You can no more mispray than a child can mistalk to their father. You know, when our children were small, if they if they didn't know how to phrase a sentence, if they didn't know how to uh, use the right words, I, I didn't walk away from them. Just the opposite. I was that was endearing to me. It was endearing to me. Uh, and and Jesus, when he taught us to pray, he said, uh, begin like this. Our father who art in heaven, you know, call call God your papa, your Abba and, and, and come into a relationship, uh, in prayer with that. Don't put, you already have enough pressure on your, on yourself and just in life. Uh, don't think that you have to, you know, that, that, that somebody's raising performance cards in heaven, grading you on your prayers. Just Mm -hmm. talk to him, just, just talk to him. And, uh, and, and cast all your burdens on him. Be reminded that he listens. He listens. But I do think it's important to point out that prayer is not trying to get God to do what we want. Prayer is really just saying, God, please do what is right. Please mm-hmm. do what is right. I know what I want. And so I make that request. But ultimately, I do what Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. And I say, not my will, but but your will be done.
1: Yeah, you know, and that's, I agree with that. And I do I do think people are intimidated. I think sometimes we're intimidated too, because of the other people, maybe we're praying around because a lot mm-hmm. of times, you know, you're praying in a group mm-hmm. and you don't want to say something that you think is going to sound dumb or mm-hmm. that's not right. And so there's a lot of, I don't know, there could be some anxiety with that, I think. But I also do agree. I think that when you start praying and asking God, you know, I want, This specific thing, maybe be honest with them about it, but also it's acknowledgement that he's going to do his plan. And Mm -hmm. I think that is definitely what helps me because it's also me kind of humbling myself and saying, you know, I don't I don't know the right way. I don't know the best way.
2: What a good word. That's a great comment. That really Mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Yeah. Prayer. Just the act of prayer is an act of humbling ourselves before God. Right. Mm -hmm. Everything about prayer is an act of humility, even the physical act of bowing our head or getting on our knees or Mm -hmm. or lying on our face. All of the things that go with the prayer uh, uh, cause us to say, "Okay, I'm not in charge, but you are Uh, humbly request. I make my petition, but I I trust you. I just trust you. And the result of that, I think, at least it is for me, is that after I say amen, I say, okay, it's in his hands now. I've done my part. I trust him.
1: Yeah, it's very true. And I think too, it's sometimes, yeah, I almost don't want to put, sometimes I am afraid, I think, to pray for specific things because then I think, if I'm praying, even though I know that's wrong, you know, you can't pray for specific things, but I think in my mind, Oh, if I pray for this specific thing and it doesn't happen, I don't want that yeah. to affect my faith. Yeah. Um, and so I think what you're, I think you're right. It's, it's both, you know, it's praying for something, but then saying also, I know your will is ultimately going to be done.
2: Sure. Sure. You know, um, as you know, I write books and I had one due last Friday and, uh, it was it it's whenever a book is due, it it feels like final final exams. I'm still mm-hmm. I still have final exams all these many, many years later. And but every time I go into it saying, Lord, and I do, I say, I say, Lord, could you could you so help me that when my editors read this manuscript that they say, I think you've done as good as you could do. And so mm-hmm. that's my prayer. And that was my prayer. That was my prayer. Now Armed with that prayer, I gotta tell you, I worked like crazy. I did. I, I put in long hours. I read it and reread it and polished and you know, buffed it, did everything I could. So, so to to make that request doesn't mean I do my part. I don't do my part. Just the opposite. I felt empowered to do my part because I knew that if I just, you know, took a step in obedience, that God would multiply that. He'd multiply that. And so mm-hmm. those, those are the kinds of prayers I, I offer, you know, Lord, if I, please let this be a good sermon, but that doesn't mean I don't study like crazy, you know, or, yeah. or rework it. Uh, and, and so it, it, those kinds of specific prayers help me motivate me to, to trust that the end result is in, is, is in God's hands. What do you think? Yeah.
1: No, I agree with that. Definitely. I think that's true. And I think that, yeah, I, I think that once you are, once I am praying, at least, I think there's, there's an interesting thing. My, my, my friend was saying the other day about it. It was the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. I think I said that maybe wrong, mm-hmm. but no, you got um, it. okay. They, <laughs> when they're going, into the fiery furnace they're going to be put in the furnace for not worshiping a God other than God. And yeah. they say to people, you know, our God's going to save us. But the part of the story I'd really always forgotten was that they say, but even if he doesn't, we'll still praise him. Absolutely. And that's kind of where the convicting thing for me, when my friend yeah. was telling me this was you know, oh yeah, you're, you're supposed to praise him in all circumstances. And that's part
2: of Good word.
1: prayer too. You know, I think it's praying for me. Um, even when things are hard or confusing as they are, they feel right now, it's the praising him that comes in. I think when you don't know what you say, okay, God's will is going to be done. I'm going to pray for a certain result, but I'm going to also pray for his will to be done Yeah, and be okay with whatever he does. But I think the then the praising comes in of okay, like actively worshiping him, actively praising him and thanking him for all these amazing things. And then that puts me in a different posture. Good I job. think oh, earlier this year, my like my husband had deployed and I was, you know, down. And I had a list on my phone. It was like a thank you list. I was just like every day I'd write like things, two things I was thankful for. And some days it was like very hard. And I would be like, okay, I'm healthy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I have a house, these are the things and it's just for me was helpful to be honest about I things are hard right now. It's okay, they're hard, you don't have to pretend that they're not. But you're supposed to still praise him, even if he mm-hmm. doesn't do the results you're asking for.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, we're going to take a quick break. And we'll be right back to talk more with Max Lakato.
0: This podcast is part of the edify podcast network.
2: That Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego illustration is a jewel. It's a jewel. Mm-hmm. And and it doesn't get discussed very often. So I'm so glad you brought it up because yes. they did. They said that. They said, we're not going to bow before this altar of this statue of Nebuchadnezzar. We're not going to do it. Our God mm-hmm. will save us. No, no, they say our God can save us. But even if he doesn't, mm-hmm. we will still praise him. That is just a powerful picture of, uh, uh, you know, the faith that says our God can do this. If for some reason his plan is different, we're still going to praise him. So it's it's prayer again is it's really less about making demands of God as more it is submitting ourselves to God. For some reason, he wants to know what we want. You know, he he says, it, Paul wrote in everything by prayer and petition, let your requests be made known to God with thanksgiving. So we are to make our requests known to God. And uh, so many, many times he he says, yes, yeah, I will do that for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been explained to me, maybe this will help, that there's there are kind of two levels in God's will. There are certain parts of God's plan that will never be changed. You know, it will always need a savior there will always be a dualistic outcome to history. Uh, mm-hmm. there will always be the sovereign will God overseeing all that. He's never going if, to, if somebody says, let me be God, he's never going to say yes to that prayer. He'll always mm-hmm. be God. So there are certain things on, on the, on the upper level that he'll never change, but down here in the lower level, you know, he'll turn water into wine. He will, um, take a bread basket and turn it into a banquet and feed thousands of people. Uh, he'll, he'll mm-hmm. redirect an election. He'll, he'll give a teacher courage. He'll help a mom be a good mom to those blessed little children they've adopted. He'll, he'll hear those prayers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, so the upper level, there's certain things we don't touch. <laughs> I mean, they were just, we're, we just don't, but mm-hmm. down here in this lower level, for some reason, God is saying, you know what? I want to hear what you have to say. It could be he's equipping us for the next life. It mm-hmm. could be he's so revealing his heart to us through prayer that that when we are entering into the new millennium, uh, that we will have uh, an understanding of who he is because we'll be serving mm-hmm. with him in the next kingdom.
1: Yeah, that's good. It's good to have that perspective, too, and to keep it that there's this isn't like you just said before, you know, I'm looking forward to dying. <laughs> there's there's more that's coming. Yeah. Um, and so even when, yeah, when we have trials in this life, um, that's not the end of the book. You know, that's not the last chapter, yeah. um no matter what how it ends. yeah. and I want to ask, too, about we've been talking kind of about the election. So many Christians, I know are praying. And, you know, really praying for a certain result and praying for God's will. What do you think Christians, and we keep talking about uniting the country, and I think people are talking about that on both sides, saying Mm -hmm. we need to come together, we need to unite. Mm -hmm. What do you think Christians' role is for that? And I'm mostly asking you because I really want to know your opinion (laughs) and not just putting (laughs) you on the spot. Um, Because I'm curious what your thoughts
2: are. The phrase that's meant a lot to me over the last few days is, Blessed are the peacemakers, Mm -hmm. uh, for they shall be called children of God. And uh, it's interesting, Jesus doesn't say, Blessed are the peacekeepers, but Blessed Mm -hmm. are the peacemakers. It's possible to be a peacemaker. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then in the book of James, I think it's, I'd have to look up the reference, I'm sorry, James chapter 2, those who sow seeds of peace shall sow seeds of righteousness. Uh, and so I, I think that regardless of where a person landed in this very turbulent election, we can still be peacemakers. Uh, we can be respectful. Uh, we can honor people. Uh, we can show, show kindness. Not too long ago, I went in for a physical and, uh, my doctor who I've had all these many years, I was overdue and, you know, getting a physical is not the most pleasant thing and all the stuff mm-hmm. they, you know, you get poked and prod and you fill a cup and all that awkward stuff. And, mm-hmm. But my doctor, uh, when he came in there, I was sitting there with a kind of a cape on, on a cold aluminum stool <laughs> and mm-hmm. he came in and he, he sat down and he he started like this. He said, Max, I want to take my doctor hat off for just a minute he's an old country doctor, you know, mm-hmm. I want to take my doctor hat off. And tell me how you're doing. I mean, mm-hmm. really just tell me how you're doing. And, and for about the next three or four minutes, he just let me say anything I wanted to. I felt like I talked for 20 minutes. Yeah. I promise it wasn't three or four minutes. And he said, mm-hmm. okay, good. I'm glad you're all right. And, and he put his hat, he said, all right, I'm putting my doctor back, hat, doctor hat back on and mm-hmm. did that little uh, motion. And then it d- went through all the things. And then right at the end, he said, I got to take my doctor hat off one more time. You don't work too hard, Max. Don't overstress yourself. You know, he just, he was so kind. Mm-hmm. You know what he was doing? He was being a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. He was a peacemaker. It wasn't much and so i've wondered if that's not our role right now as christians in in this season in which everybody seems to be squared up in their corners lashing out if mm-hmm. if we could all just do those small things for our neighbor for our friend for our coworker uh, let let politics be set aside and just say okay let's take our let's put our humanity hat on yeah. and uh, and be peacemakers i think a long way would go
1: yeah I agree. And I think that, you know, right now I've noticed there is just a sense even with people just in a, you know, every day, like I got my car fixed yesterday because it got messed up. And even that, you know, those are opportunities because I think that a lot of people in the country are are happy with one result right now because, um, you know, Biden's been... Right now, as we're recording this, he's been declared the winner, um, presumptive president-elect. But then there's other people who are you know, stressed out and maybe feeling bad or feeling like something wasn't fair. And I think when we do have those interactions and people don't know which side we're on, but I would hope my interactions would not reveal, I guess, which side I'm thinking of. That really? I would yeah. be just kind anyway, no matter what. Yeah, because um, I think I, it's, I, I, it's I
2: admire I admire the fact that you say that. How do you how do you hear your family uh, being criticized and not mm. take it personally? How do you do that?
1: Yeah, you know it is interesting. I don't know. I honestly um, I think that for me personally, you know, my dad has always kind of said things like, you know, when we see protesters, he always says that's what freedom looks like. And, you know, when we when we do see people excited about one result of an election or something, you know, it is that is how the the process works um, to a certain extent where you you have to allow people to have their voices heard, even though, yeah, that means, you know, late night hosts maybe make fun of him or whatever. You know, I try to see the bigger picture that at the end of the day, it's actually a good thing that they feel that they could do that or that protesters can get outside of a place he's going to speak and they Mm -hmm. can protest him because that's not true in every country. I mean, Mm -hmm. a lot of countries, even if you said something bad to me, that could be dangerous for you. Mm -hmm. And that's not how our country is. And it shouldn't be like that. Um, And it's not at all, but, but looking at it from a spiritual perspective too, I mean, I have, this is true. I have this quote on the back of my phone that's from your, you are special book. It says she had no dots or stars. It wasn't that people didn't try to give her stickers. It's just that the stickers didn't stick. Mm -hmm. And I've always loved that. And people have said that to me before. How do you not care what people say about you? And first of all, I do care. (laughs) Like I'm a human being. (laughs) So I'm not saying I have this special, you know, um, ability to not care when somebody says something mean about me or about my dad because it hurts more when it's about someone you love. But keeping that perspective that, you know, we find our identity in Christ. Our identity is not in, it's how he sees us. It's not how other people see us or other people look at us or try to label us or or even, you know, how they perceive us in a good way. I mean, even if people are thinking, oh, you're amazing because, you know, your dad is the vice president. Well, that's not going to be forever. That's not going to last forever. And so you can't have your, you know, perspective about yourself and your, your worth so tied up in anything, any job or status, no matter what, what it is. So yeah, I guess that's my long answer here. short question.
2: Well, I, I admire your ability to do that. I, I can only, I can only imagine, I can only imagine how challenging it must be at times. Can I brag on your dad for just a second? Sure. <laughs> as, as you recall, uh, my wife and I were invited to his house, y'all's house uh, mm-hmm. for that delightful evening for dinner. And there were so many uh, high points of that. But the, the high point, the really high point is one that I'd love to, I'll never forget. It was pouring down rain. It was pouring down rain that night. Yeah. And, uh, and your mom and dad arranged for umbrellas, of course, for us to walk out, go back to our car. Mm-hmm. But your dad did not... He waved away the Secret Service guys who were going to walk us out, even though it was raining cats and dogs. <laughs> I mean, one of those downpours yeah. where your feet are going to get soaked, regardless yeah. of how big of a golf umbrella you got. And he waved them away and said, no, I'm walking them out. Mm. And he walked between my wife and me. And I know he was drenched and and walked for a good 100, 200 yards past the gate. Mm. And uh, I thought, what kind of man is this? what kind of man is this you know that would be so kind uh to to just walk an old preacher out to his car uh and and so of all the things he's done that i've admired just that there there's peacemaker right there there's yeah. a picture picture of a peacemaker right there mm-hmm. uh and and uh he didn't have to do that I, no one expected that. The last thing I was expecting was that he would do that. But he hmm. insisted on it for some reason. And that that's an—that's one of those acts of kindness that, that can't be fabricated. It just comes out of the kind heart.
1: So, yeah, oh, that's so true.
2: You're probably not surprised at all, are you?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. But I do remember that. I remember that night. It was, it was just a torrential downpour. That's great. I'll definitely share that with him Please um, do. as well. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It means so much to me to have you on, and and I was very encouraged by this conversation as well.
2: I hope so. I hope you stay encouraged, and and may God bless you. May the Lord lift lift your spirits. May His will, perfect will, be done. May your family, your mother and father, and all your extended family be blessed in these tumultuous times, and uh, may the Lord look kindly upon us all.
1: Thank you so much again to Max Cato for. Um, for coming on the show with me Um, right after we stopped recording, the equipment kind of stopped working. So that was definitely a God thing. So thank you, Lord, for keeping it working for the podcast. And, you know, I I think that this is just such an encouraging talk for me, really selfishly to talk to Max Legato about everything going on and to talk about being peacemakers. I think that he makes a really good point. And I love that he said not we're not peacekeepers or peacemakers and peacemaking is something that you can do really in every action that you're doing you can be a peacemaker you can create peace between people and peace between yourself and someone else i know that it's hard to do a lot of times i know that it can be especially now when when we keep hearing about the country and how um you know how we're not united and we're not unified which I think is true if you look at things on a broad scale. But I think on a lower scale, I think in our day-to-day lives, I think that we Americans do know how to how to treat each other kindly. And as Christians, we're called to do that. Um, we're called to not not stop treating the other person with respect and with kindness and dignity. Um, even when when it's difficult, even when they might not be treating us that way. We are supposed to do it anyway. We're supposed to praise God no matter what, and in all circumstances, praise Him. And I think that that's it's an important thing to remember. And, you know, I, I just loved what He said about making peace in the small moments. I was, you know, thinking about just the little things that happen during the day. You know, when something breaks in your house and you have to call someone to fix it and they're, they can't come that day. I mean, there are things on a smaller scale that we can really do that can impact um, our society and can impact it for God. We want to be doing that. Maybe not necessarily always for this political result although I know a lot of people are praying for for our country right now um and that's that's good that's good to do but I think that there's moments we can we can do that we can continue to be peacemakers no matter what's going on and we don't know where that person is coming from necessarily we don't know what they're going through and uh, I think it's just, important to remember that on a large scale when we look at our entire country but it's also important to remember it um on a small scale too so i hope that you were encouraged as i was um by this conversation with max Licato, and i hope you have uh, a great rest of your day and you find ways to make peace
0: thanks for listening to doubting it with charlotte pence bond on the edify podcast network tune in next time for another powerful exploration of faith doubt and all that's in between And for more faith-inspiring podcasts, download the Edify podcast app on the Apple and Google Play stores or at edify.app.